0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, Facebook land. Welcome to another live version of Making a Marketer. This is episode 34 and we'll we'll chat for a minute. Thank you for those of you listening on the replay, and we'll give it a little bit of time for people to get online. My guest today is Jessica Phillips. Welcome, Jessica. Hey, Megan. So good to see you. You too. I feel like it's been too long that I know social media marketing world was only like two months ago, but it feels like a lifetime. I know when you have all your favorite people around you
1: and you get to see them in real life and hugs, you know, in real life and then all that energy and then it's taken from you so quickly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: And Yeah. and before we came live, I was telling Jessica that I was just at the Experiential Marketing Summit. If you saw the social ROI after chat, Video with Madeline Sklar. You uh, heard me say that that's where I was this week, and really neat, dynamic group of people doing some really incredible stuff. But it's interesting to me because I work in marketing and I work in events, and there were so many people I didn't know. You know, I did pre-show work for my client that I was I was there for World Stage exhibiting with them, and uh, all these people are like third connected to me, which you know to me that's far not in LinkedIn land. So of course. I got to meet a whole bunch of new people and um, had a had a great experience. And my client was super happy, and everything with that went really successful. So yeah, so so here we are finishing off a week um, that I think uh, Jessica is this like your fifth live this week? I think you're right. Actually, it is my fifth live this week. <laughs> you're so popular.
1: <laughs> oh man, does it count if it's your own? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's been great. I love collaborating with others, especially others that can align with the same beliefs and, you know, strive to accomplish the same things through, you know, really helping their companies build better relationships using online marketing. And so it's an honor to, to collaborate and go live with people awesome like you. <laughs> oh,
0: thanks. Yeah. I was going through your Facebook page and I thought, cause I was busy this week, you know, I didn't uh-huh. see a lot of people. Oh, one two nice so thank you for fitting us in this is lovely so jessica i had been on episode two of making a marketer so back in early days. And I think like, you know, not a ton has changed with regard to relationship marketing, but I think a lot has changed with you. And so we're going to dig into that. I do want to introduce her, give her full, full bio and all that. But I just want to mention real quick that episode 34 is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic communication consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. If you are struggling with a startup or C-level exec that could use some insight into how your team can communicate better with each other and with the world, then I am your gal. Okay. So Jessica Phillips, popular Jessica, her mission is to help people love more, give more, and do more through relationship marketing. She lives in Lima, Ohio, and is the founder and president of Now Marketing Group, Advocates of Relationship Marketing. But she is so much more. She's a fantastic speaker, which I got to witness at Social Media Marketing World. And after getting some coaching herself, she is now offering to coach others in the industry. So I want to talk about um, both of those things in addition to the fact that you're hosting a social media conference coming up. So one thing that stuck out to me about the coaching that she said I wanted to share. She said, there's just something special about seeing that spark of light. When someone realizes they're about to do something epic, something they were born to accomplish. So I think that's super inspiring. Oh, it and- is.
1: I love, I just love seeing that in people though, when they like that light bulb goes off, you know, and they're like, ah, yes. And how did I not see this? You know, cause they're so close to it, but then
0: they go for it and it's, yeah, magic happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. And we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit. And I do want to mention too, that she's the host of social media week Lima, one of the Midwest's largest social media conferences happening June 18 to 19. So there's still time to register and she'll tell us at the end how you can do that. And there's an incredible speaker lineup of marketers. This will surely be a craveable experience. I love that word that you, that you guys are using for that. All right. So, relationship marketing, let's talk about that first. What do you think is this distinction between relationship marketing and like marketing as a whole or other types of marketing? Sure, absolutely. And I get this question a lot. And
1: I think the big difference is that you're never done when it's considered relationship marketing. Relationship marketing is one that focuses on both keeping the clients that you have today in order to provide a great experience where they are sharing you on, growing your business through word of mouth referrals, as well as focusing on those that you're not even really going to turn into a customer, but they're advocates for you. So I like to say relationship marketing turns your fans to, or excuse me, your followers to true fans, your clients to advocates in your community to collaborators for you. And a funnel, it's a flywheel where... You're continuing to grow your brand and and build your your culture and, and what you stand for, and you continue to grow outward more into the world, and and more people are on that journey to do that with you. So, relationship marketing's
0: never done. I love that. I always used to say that I was a relationship salesperson when I was in sales, and most people get that, but some some are like, yeah, I think that's kind of a cop out, putting it that way. Like, you don't have to work really hard if you say that you're a relationship salesperson but I think it's kind of along the same lines like people know what you they probably know what you're selling why to be over about it I think is silly and I always felt like and part of the reason why I was successful in sales because I I never really felt like I was selling I just felt like I was helping people and that was like truly how I how I approached it and I think that's the, the most successful sales people probably more uh, along those lines Oh, you are absolutely right. And I love the quote, you know, the best marketing doesn't
1: feel like marketing because it's not, it's, you know, relationship building and community building. And the same thing is true with sales and sales and marketing. The The line is not so much divided anymore. There's tons of overlap and that truly is what it is. It's not selling, it's serving, right? And, and offering solutions. And when you can find, that shift, that pivot, then that's where the magic happens. You know, that's where you're, you're just simply offering the right solutions to the right people and with the right experience. And they're referring you on.
0: Right. From there. For sure. Well, and that's the way that I knew how farly connected I was from these people before I got to the conferences because they, the attendees were in the app, um, which was nice. So we could, mm-hmm. you know, could see who was coming and I reached out to some people just to genuinely, actually this conference is, they did a really cool, job a lot of different things that were women only women in events wine and learn mixer and um, boot camp and then a supper like this dinner that was off site and it was just, you know and then you so then you kind of saw the same people right and that that, and that made it easier for me also to reach out to people because I truly genuinely I was like I really think as an events person I think it's pretty epic that that there's so much focus on women in events and so that soft touch reaching out was not just me trying to sell that it was me genuinely like wanting to reach out to people to, it was my first time too. And so, you know, t- sharing that with people and stuff. So yeah, I
1: people think have that. this sense like you, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy of needs belonging. Right. And so of course you're wanting to connect with others that do the same thing that you do and are similar in nature. And so that, that makes total sense that you're really genuinely wanting to connect and reach out. Cause tons of people do that all the time, just with the community they feel most comfortable with. So that's really cool Yeah, they were facilitating that.
0: Yeah. And I actually accidentally reached out to a competitor and I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know they're a competitor. And, And then I talked to somebody else and they said, I don't think they're a competitor. And so it's interesting people's perspectives. Right. But that was another thing when I was selling, I didn't care if you didn't have anything to offer me. I didn't care if you were, you know, a competing supplier, because A, you're human and let's all be real, right? Like let's just interacting with anyone in the industry is a good thing. And B, people always end up somewhere else. You never know. Yeah, you What's never you? know. And I really don't pay much attention to, quote, competitors. I just think there's
1: alternatives, right? I feel like nobody can do exactly what you do the way that you do it. They might have a similar service. You know, Even insurance companies that sell the same exact insurance line like progressive or something like that state farm right people are still going to choose one company over another because of the person that's behind the desk or behind you know the other end of the phone communicating with them so i feel like there's so much business to go around for everyone that there's no need to even think of like a you know a scarcity mindset and really connect with others because you never know how that's going to lead into you maybe referring someone that you're not a good that's not a good
0: fit for you to them and that happening vice versa 100 so alex plaxton said first he said we're human but also our jobs change constantly and then he said it's the foundation of tribalization and then in terms of relationship marketing we might have already co- kind of covered this based on our continuing to talk about it but how do you recommend people bake in authenticity into their marketing to be more relatable
1: oh bake it in really it's just stop trying so hard and just you know doing it i guess just being you adding some personality like having fun with their marketing again and and having fun with just realizing that social media is just social it's just being social it's just a conversation that you're having online versus in person and taking that approach with responding back to comments right so if like alex's comment came up you're responding back in the way that you would communicate with them versus you know trying to overthink it and mm-hmm. everything that you're pushing out and everything that you're putting on Online is your, your branding is your messaging is your marketing. So just thinking about it is okay. I'm a human communicating with another human, like Brian Kramer says the H to H and stop overthinking it. I do think that there does have to be some thought put into how you get started and how you can ramp it up even more. So, so through using like stories or live video or ways that you can, Show up even more uh, human and authentic. So, thinking of ways that you can provide access to things that uh, potentially your customers may not have access to right now. So, maybe you were at that event that you were at last week, Megan, and you're showing around like, here's what I learned, here's one of the speakers, you know, here's one of the biggest takeaways, and you're providing that access of showing you and how you're showing up to continue your education so you can show up more for your clients, but then also giving them access to something they would not have otherwise had access to. So, I think. Thinking through that uh, process on a daily basis can really help brands really kind of get from behind the logo and really just show the team that's that's doing the magic and building the relationships at the end of the day and getting their clients involved as well. I think yeah, is a huge
0: win. Get from behind the logo. Mm-hmm. Trademark that. <laughs> uh, write it down right now. <laughs> For real. Yeah. And showing like real people and faces, I think, is important. And obviously not just being a megaphone, you know, not just broadcasting out, but also responding. I'm still, I'm really amazed at how few brands are, are actually engaging. And even a step further
1: from that, like the show that I do on Tuesday's live show, it's called magnet marketers. And the whole goal is like really trying to get brands to stop thinking like, like you said, like a bullhorn, a megaphone and think like a magnet, like what can we offer? That's going to draw the right people into us because they want to be connected. Like what is it that we're providing? What kind of feeling and experience are we offering in our off offices, online, you know, through our communication that makes people feel good and want to hang out with us some more. And, and how are we offering both that experience, but then also that value that people want to come to us versus us feeling the need to broadcast our message out and uh, be a part of it. So thinking like a magnet versus a bullhorn is really the shift too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. All right. I'm going to move on to the coaching. So if you would first briefly tell us about your experience with having a coach and then what from that sparked you to want to become one?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I knew this year that I had some pretty big goals and I knew in order to do that, like I'd reached where I felt like I could take myself on my own. And I noticed there were several things that kept coming up consistently for me that I just was doing the same thing over and over, right? In the definition of insanity. And I was like, you know what? I want somebody to kick my butt. <laughs> and I want somebody to help me really reach this next level best for myself. So I actually had attended an event called unconventional life in Bali and was surrounded by so many amazing entrepreneurs that were just doing business different. And I really felt a sense of connection with them. And some of the most successful individuals that I met there all had something in common. I mean, they had many things in common, but one of the things is that they had someone that was holding them responsible too, and challenging them to get to them next level best. And they say, you're like, you know, the top five people or whatever that you hang out with. And I'm like, that's awesome. But I want to even go further. So hearing their stories with working with a coach made me want to hire mine. So Lucas was the name of my coach and he actually came with me. You met him at social media marketing world. He's amazing. And I had hired him as one of my coaches to really work with me on just and our self-talk and how I'm approaching goals and really dedication and, and really working through just past programming to reprogram yourself. We come with so much baggage and crap and subconscious you know, programming that we don't even realize the reasons why we're making one decision over another and how we, you know, your brain is kind of set to protect yourself. So anytime there's a big scary goal, like your brain kind of shuts down sometimes to protect yourself from it. And I wanted to get past that and really start challenging my myself and my beliefs about what I could accomplish. And I knew that I had to get a professional to really help me to get past that because I was not breaking through that last layer that I really wanted to on my own. So decided to hire him in December. And it was amazing, like just how much, uh, one, crap that was there <laughs> that I needed to get over. And two, the difference when somebody's holding you accountable each week, really checking in with you and not, you know, listen to your BS either, that would hold you accountable, how much you can get accomplished and just showing up for yourself too, you know, I think is huge. So I had a great experience with Lucas. I'm still working with him. Actually, we're going to be launching something together and the end of the month and super pumped for that collaborative coaching. So it was one of the best, I would challenge to say the best thing I've done for myself and the business, even though it was working on
0: inner stuff, I, it had a ripple effect into all areas of my life. Right. Well, and I could see that being the boss, right? Being the CEO of your company, you either have to find other CEOs and in an organization mm-hmm. like that. So you can commiserate with them yeah. on, on certain things, but also just when you know that it's you to the personal side. So that's, that's exciting. Okay. So and it's hard to find those people, honestly, like
1: everybody's busy. Right. And as a mom too, I have three little kids and I'm running them everywhere and you, you deal with a lot and you don't always have the people to talk to about situations or get advice on are, you know, take time for yourself and give yourself permission to do that. So I think that's another important piece too, is just setting up your mindset to handle all the stresses and everything else that's that's coming in on a daily basis and still be able to make really good judgment calls. Right. You know?
0: Okay. So then where, what was the flip that triggered Mm -hmm. you to become a coach? So good question as well. So I, I think I've always kind of
1: been a coach with my clients. Like, I start working with them and I have phenomenal relationships with my clients, which I love. And each month when we're having our, our calls, we're talking about their marketing and areas of business and just culture and everything overall. And I'm always like helping and giving, you know, trainings and support and things like that. However, then I noticed like people would be calling even outside of those calls to ask me one-off questions on other areas. Right. So I feel like one is because of a good relationship, but two, just having someone else there again to hold you accountable. So I decided, like, I don't know that it was always my intention, but I just could not shake this feeling. Like, it was like, you need to put yourself out there and help people kind of do what you do through relationship marketing and do the same thing for them. And it's going to look, look a lot different. So I was selling coaching packages for the business side, working with companies and training their teams and just training their teams, like on inbound marketing processes and certain things, but not to the level that I wanted to take this. I wanted this to be a one-on-one, like Megan, if you're looking for something, I'm only working with you in a very intimate capacity and check-ins weekly. And also put you with a group of five others, up to five others that are like-minded, have similar goals that we could also have a core unit to hold space for one another's goals and, and bounce ideas off of. So the decision was partially one, to realize that just because some things come or feel more natural to me that that doesn't to others was it relates to relationship marketing. And then I could really, I'm passionate about it. That's the thing I get super jacked up about and that I could really show up in a way that is serving overselling in a way that is more intimate versus, Hey, just hire me to do this thing. I can go through that process with you so I literally just could not shake this feeling of wanting to open something and, and start a coaching program so I literally was like well I'll put it out there worst case scenario nobody replies and I can delete the post and pretend that never happened and <laughs> and I thought that was really gonna happen honestly and I put the post out there and it was like 50 comments deep and I had had calls with everyone that had expressed interest and selected like a, a group of five uh, people that I felt could really support each other and we're in our first 30 days now. And it's been awesome. I love these people <laughs> and it, it's been really cool to see their growth already so far in just this short amount of
0: time. And how, uh, in terms of your schedule, how mm-hmm. is it, has it affected your, like, is this now part of your now job or is it like a separate mm-hmm. thing that you're doing
1: outside of? No, I put it as part of like the now job. I mean, I, so how it works is I have a weekly check-in for training, which is group training and then a bi-weekly check-in, uh, 45 minutes, each of these with the individuals that have purchased the training program. That's why I wanted to also keep it as an intimate group because of time commitments. And I literally just selected out that on the calendar, like this is a non-negotiable time that I'm going to show up and, and do this for a three month period of time. And that way I had a course already outlined of what I wanted to cover. But then also when having our discovery call on seeing their goals to make sure it aligned with where I could really help them business wise. Right. So it's been part of now, but then another piece of it, I offer like boxers. Um, messaging, so they're able to reach out to me when something big happens, and I'm able to respond back that way. And we've taken kind of like this head, heart, hand approach. So starting with what we're thinking, you know, how we're feeling, and then how to take action upon that. And yeah, it's it's a great ride so far. <laughs> I
0: love that that's awesome. Have you heard of Marco Polo? That yes, video app. Yes. To me, it's kind of the same idea, but just with video as, as Fox. Yeah.
1: Nobody yeah. wants to see my videos. Like when I'm at home and there's like kids <laughs> running around and crazy, it's all I could do sometimes to get the audio in the evening, but so,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I do like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So you kind of touched on, okay. I have two more questions on this. We're running short on time, but oh, just real quick, how, how can a person identify that they can use a coach?
1: I feel like everybody could use a coach. Honestly. Um, it's just a matter of who's going to hold you to that next level best of yourself and make, you know, as I love uh, Lucas saying, the difference that makes all the difference, what changes can you make to make all the difference? So I think one thing you have to ask yourself is what are you wanting to accomplish? Right? Like, so instead of being reactive to your life, like really thinking, where do I want to be? Like, I know that sounds cliche, but where do I want to be and how can I reverse engineer that to get there? And if you feel like you've been striving for that thing and you're not making headway or you just need somebody to hold you accountable, I think that's an opportunity for a coach. I think if you, you're you not feeling like amazing and fully alive and everything that you're doing, that's another area to realize that you could use a coach, you know, to retrain what you're telling yourself. You know, there's some days where I was just working hard and enjoying it at work, but I didn't know like how to understand and feel happy about the success that like owning it, I should say, you know what I mean? Like how, how, like if you do something amazing and everybody tells you it's amazing, but you yourself aren't feeling that like accepting that kind of recognition and, and feeling good about it. So like things like that, getting rid of that negative self-talk areas like that, if you're not feeling great and if you're not moving toward that goal, those are two telltale signs that you could use a coach.
0: Okay. So that a tough question and I'm not asking you to, to, to give your pricing or anything, sure. but but I see that as a potential thing that might make people hesitate, right? Like, oh, yeah. just assuming, oh, I can't, I can't afford that. And of course, mm-hmm. I know that how, where you help them get, we'll pay for mm-hmm. it. It'll pay for itself, right? So that's probably part of the answer. But what I guess, what should the expectation be in terms of what something like this might cost? It literally just depends on who you're hiring and how much
1: time they're dedicating to you, right? So not just the time like one-on-one, but how much of the the space and the work that they're doing before they talk with you. So I've paid everything. So I I currently still have three coaches right now that are working Mm -hmm. in different areas. Lucas is the one I work with most often and I'm paying on the low end $140 a month to the very high end. $2,600 a month. So completely different things that they are, they're offering. So it just depends. I would say an average expectation for a business coach that is going to do like a weekly kind of thing is probably around $2,500, you know, on average a month. So it just depends.
0: All right. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know I could probably use coaching, but I don't have, I I enjoy doing the work and I'm just Mm -hmm. cruising along. I don't really have a, like an angle I'm trying to get to. So I think Mm -hmm. I get to that point. I guess I think in part, cause I struggled a lot the last year and a half. And so now that I'm finally back on track, I can maybe take a breath this summer and then maybe figure out, okay, what's the, what's the uh, ultimate, what do I want it? And, and I should clarify
1: too, who the person, is, because honestly, in my big coaching that I do with Jules uh, Schroeder and she's got some high level heavy hitters that are in my group with me the other five and those coaches in there, they charge like upwards of like 50 grand like a month so i should clarify that that's not the average average i would say for the average small medium-sized business it's working with a coach accessible that works with them would be right around that probably the 2500 but they definitely go upwards of up there <laughs> yeah. literally depends who you're working with
0: right of course like anything else yeah right? but it was just trying to get an idea okay so Social Media Week, Lima, not Lima, folks, it's Lima. Uh-huh. In Ohio, not Peru. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So as an events person myself, I just want to say kudos to have the courage to take on doing something like that. So tell us about it and what attendees can expect, how long you've been doing it and um, that kind of stuff. Sure. So we're in our fourth
1: year doing this as a more than just a local small conference. Seven years total. And what to expect is a lot of fun energy and great ideas that you can start implementing in your business today. Each year we have a theme to the event. This year's theme is Craveable. So how can you create an irresistible brand? Think episodic, think your customers and clients wanting to come back and getting more and more from you, drawing them in like a magnet. So we, again, work through that head, heart, hand approach. You know, how can you, speaking to create emotion, how can you, you know, create your next, Next great idea that's going to draw the people in and then how do you execute upon that thing we have 28 speakers in two days which is crazy we're all part of the same experience together in one big room there's about 350 attendees that are all you know digital marketers small business owners and solopreneurs that are really looking to stay ahead of the curve as it relates to social media and digital marketing we have a jam-packed VIP night experience at a a local uh, place that has like axe throwing and arrow archery and a mechanical shark. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Sociallima.com is where you get the info and you will see the lineup of the 28 amazing speakers like Brian Kramer, Brian Fanzo, Chris Schraub, Mia Voss, Christine Ripman, Addison Zhang, Bella Vasta, Amanda Noble or Kelly Noble, Marabella, Amanda Robinson. The list goes on and on. There's Amazing heavy hitter, really cool people there that are there to help you, not only on the stage, but off the stage where they it's just one big family where we all create relationships from there.
0: Yeah, I already have FOMO. It hasn't even started yet. <laughs> I can't be there. So I'm above. excited that's about a, that. That's amazing for one stage. To have that many speakers um, over two days on one stage is incredible and then then that you all know, you have that energy you know like everyone has you know it's a keynote and all that and that's always cool like mm-hmm. and then everyone breaks off in a room so this kind kind of environment I think is really special. So it good is. job. Thank you. I'm excited. No <laughs> Awesome. Okay, (laughs) so we are at time, and I want to be conscious of your time. Um, I know you have a family to get home to. It's time for the weekend, right? Uh, Dance recital. She's there now. (laughs) So practice, and then tomorrow's the big reveal. So yeah, <laughs> and then tell our viewers and listeners how they can reach out to you in any you know, capacity you want them to find you. Absolutely. You can find all my social handles at
1: jessicaphillips.com and Jessica spelled with a K J E S S I K A phillips.com. And then if you are interested any more about the conference, you go to social lima.com and that's hosted by now marketing group, which is now marketinggroup.com.
0: Excellent. Well, I want to thank our viewers. We didn't have a ton live, but that's okay because I know it's Friday yeah. afternoon and everyone's getting the weekend going. But I know everyone would love the replay. And of course, it'll be on the podcast. The Making a Marketer podcast can be found on almost every platform. Most recently, we got added to Spotify. Um, love and I never asked this but if you listen on iTunes if you do us a favor and subscribe rate and review us that would be fantastic I always send people to our blog to find it but clearly iTunes is like the number one easiest when you're on the go and all that kind of good stuff so I want to thank everyone who listened on the replay and I can't thank you enough Jessica for making time for us this week you are uh, such a giver and now that I know how many other shows you had this week I appreciate it even more I would like Oh my gosh. Or whatever that I gave Any you. time I have
1: an excuse to hang with the Megan powers, I will be there.
0: Ah, you're so sweet. For sure. <laughs> oh, and
1: Tony, there's Tony. Tony says, have a great Tony.
0: weekend ladies.
1: I've seen him on about all the shows too. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Have a good one. All right. So this has been episode 34 of making a marketer and we will catch you next time.